the Let's Go Racing Family Podcast, sharing our love through NASCAR, running, and just racing through life. Hosted by Sebastian, Giovanni, Karen, Tony, and me, Johan. Each week, we'll talk about our view of the world through the lens of racing. Welcome back to the Let's Go Racing Family Podcast. The Daytona 500 just wrapped up. We're, in fact, on site in a parking lot behind the JCPenney's near the uh, track. It was a really Literally across the street. Yeah, just across the street. Not too far. Um, the race itself was a ton of fun. The weather was really nice. Overall, a t- really fun day. And I don't know if you can hear some noise in the background, but there's some fans. There's still, still fans lingering around, you know, yeah. tailgating after the race. And and some folks that don't even realize what we're doing, but apparently want to be part of the podcast because they decided to blast their music right next to us. We had to relocate. And maybe they were just giving us, you know, some background music. <laughs> maybe that's what it is. But they don't know that I, I, I don't have the budget to pay for that music, those music rights on YouTube and, and on our podcast platform. So, but anyway, yes, we are here just after an unbelievable Daytona 500. Yeah. Incredible race. Not only was the racing fun. Uh, the the fans were there. I mean, a hundred. What was the number they kept quoting? Well, Joey Logano said one hundred and thirty thousand. One hundred thirty thousand people. I mean, and it they was full. said it was full. It was. It well, was. They it was said packed. it was sold out, and sold it was out. packed. It was. Yeah, it was and, a full house. And the weather house today. was great. The winner weather of the race. I'm not going to say his name. The winner of the race. I'm not going to say his name because we'll talk about that later. But but the winner of the race said that it's packed. Yeah. It was packed. It was definitely packed. I think there was a lot of Filled excitement up. around the race and, and just around NASCAR in general. So I thought that was that was pretty cool to see in person after, you know, the last couple of years. So, yeah, let's get into it. It was 70 degrees. It was a beautiful Florida day. It's nice and sunny. You had a nice breeze. No rain this year because Not, we've had yeah, rain the no last rain few rain, years. So. so this was fantastic. That but yes, great. clear blue sc- skies, the weather, it was warm enough to stay warm. And then when the sun started going behind the track, it started getting a little chilly and we had our jackets. So it was it was perfect weather for. Yeah, it was really good because like when we went to the fall race in 2021 for the Coke Zero Sugar 400, we brought our jackets, but we couldn't really wear them because it was hotter. It was so hot. But it, now it's in February, so we can wear the jackets. And it was it's been, it was really chilly. And speaking of the jackets, Johan has had a special guest with us, uh, your best bud, right? Yep. And he was, uh, he was wearing another jacket. Yep. You, me and him were pulling for Chase. You both were pulling for Chase. It yep. was it was a lot of fun. When to we take saw him, him on when we saw him on the leaderboard thumb in the top fifteen, we're like, he has a chance, he has a chance. And then when he fell out, I was like, oh man. And they were like, he has a chance, he has a chance. Yeah, he the had- whole time I kept hearing you guys on the radio. You and him were rooting for it, uh, rooting for for uh, for Chase to win. Uh, but it was it was definitely a lot of fun, and it was great to spend that time with our friends as well. Yeah, and, and share it with them. The race, like watching the action between the drivers, it was really good. It had that good balance of just normal calm racing, and then like tense pack racing. It was definitely, um, I think one of the top tier Daytona races. I think there were even some portions where it felt like I was watching an older race back when they had the Cars of Tomorrow, where you could literally see them doing two by two tandeming, and we saw that a lot in the race. And I was like, "This is really cool. It's kind of like hybrid racing. Very fun race. I'm loving the new package. It was really cool." But 
And the cars were, it sounded louder. It was they a lot louder. louder. They did sound loud, yep. With the weather and how the cars went, because I thought it was a race from like 2016, 2017 with the Gen 6 car, because the skies were blue, and in 2016, 2017, 2018, the skies were blue. The, um, the, the racing was actually packed, because last year's 500, it was mostly single filed. We actually got two by two close racing it was actually a fun exciting race it was pretty intense there were a few times where the leaders so like in first and second place and they were being pushed i was like so nervous because they get so incredibly close and i was like man they're gonna turn them you know and and we did experience you know an uh uh a wreck early on. I think it was at lap 64 where it was right around the end of stage yeah, one. where it, that actually happened. And that was, um, the 21. Yeah. He went, um, he went flipping. Harrison Burton, Harrison Burton got turned. I was a so bit, sad and, to see that. Yeah. That was very he sad. Led, he was leading he was doing at one well point too. He was on. doing so well, but it was scary because he got turned and his car flipped, flipped upside down, flipped that upside was down. But I was telling you, Tony, that I think he didn't fully like, barrel roll because the car that was coming behind him kind of stopped him and bounced him back and he landed back on his tires but yeah it was intense racing and like like i said fortunately unfortunately um in lap 63 there was that wreck and a few cars were taken out early on this is what i saw from my perspective of the crash i was just watching on the big screen and i was like oh my goodness because like we were seeing it from the bomb from the bumper of denny hamlin and I see, and I see Kyle Busch who was in front of him slam, and I was like, "Oh, that's weird." And I see Kyle Busch and Denny Hamlin spinning, and then I look over and see on the back stretch a car flipping, and I was like, "Oh, mama!" That reminds me of the Xfinity race crash. Yeah, that I did see on the other side, which used to be known as well. It's still the super stretch, but there used to be seats on that side, is where all that action took place, and you could literally across. Lake Lloyd, I saw a car flip, and uh, then you see the replay, you saw that it was Harrison Burton, uh, which, you know, he showed something early. It was early, but he did show that he got, he's not afraid to to drive up there and was leading at one point. So that was actually pretty exciting, especially after we had met him. I told you guys, I didn't really know, I knew about him because of his dad, but I didn't know too much about him. But after we met him in, in Charlotte in January, he was a really cool guy. Like he was really nice to Johan, very nice to me when we met him and, uh, was funny and, and just relaxed. So I was, I was kind of pulling for him. So when I saw him pull that, that car up front, the woods, the wood brother car, uh, wood brothers car, I was actually pretty excited. I thought he was going to do something. So a little sad that if he he didn't crash, I think he would have had a shot to win. He would have got top 10. And up into that point, it was pretty much single file. So you were talking about hybrid race. It was pretty much single file. No, it was like well, two, well, that's the thing. Was... I like it had all these elements. Like you had, there was single file, but then you had the pack racing where they were two by two yeah. or even three by three, and then there was the occasional tandeming. And they weren't as aggressive early on. So for like the first fifty something, sixty laps, yeah, they were and very. And then that's relaxed. when that wreck happened, and then you saw it. The one thing I did want to mention is uh, talking about the the different lines and the, and the competitiveness. It when you when the race started, you felt like there was one line that was definitely doing better, and then all of a sudden, the was it the inside or the outside line that started moving? I think it was in the inside line. Yeah, yeah, like, the inside line. I would always know that inside the outside line was very far apart from the un, from the inside, and I was like, all right. Um, the first time they got a run, I was like, oh. 
I think I don't think the inside line stands a chance. And I saw them get a run. It was a like Kyle Bush who was doing that. He got a run. I was like, oh. And then when it happened again, the inside line was was behind. I was like, all right, they're coming back. Yeah, when you saw that, when you saw that two different lines were able to drive up and be competitive, I knew that this was going to be a very exciting, a very competitive race. And indeed it was. You were able to see, actually, the one thing I liked about this race was that, like, there were people, like, that were going to the front. So, like, there were several times where we saw, you know, drivers that were able to move towards the front. At one point, Daniel Suarez was in ninth place. Um, you know, some of the other drivers, it was, you saw different drivers moving up, be, be, you know, throughout the race. Because um, when you got to the end of the race, people that you weren't up there were up at the front, you know. So there was movement in yeah. this race, which I really liked. Yeah. It was enjoyable to see that instead of just seeing the same people or, or everybody staying in the same position. Yeah. So tell me, uh, we'll go around real quick. Who early on that got knocked out surprised you? So who was like the first guy that got knocked out early on that was like, wow, I, I thought he was going to basically be there at the end and I think got wrecked. I think for me it was Harrison Burton or even like some of the other guys who had the race their way in, like um, Jacques Villeneuve. He had trouble just early on, and I was expecting him to, you know, maybe make it on to the end, which he did, but he was under a lot of laps and was very underperformed. He lost the draft at one point, I think. Yeah, yeah. he was by himself for yeah. a, a while. One that got knocked out in that first uh, wreck that I thought had a chance to be um, at the end of the race in contention was um, Ross Chastain mm. because he did pretty well yeah. in like the duels and the practices and all of that. He had a pretty good car. So I thought that he would have a good chance to do well at the end you know it's interesting the uh, on track announcer when they she was interviewing different drivers before the race she had interviewed ross chastain and asked him specifically you know is this your day like could this be your day to win and he's like you know what that's not for me to say right now because we haven't even started the race and you know but he was positive he thought he had a shot and he even said that you know had strong car and had done pretty decently uh, it leading up to the 500. But yeah, unfortunately, when he was walking out of his car, uh, you know, for them to tow it, I was like, man, that that did not that. Didn't work that out. hurt. Like, yeah, that hurt. <laughs> who I was shocked about getting crashed early that I thought who was going to make it to the end. Denny Hamblin. He got you crashed. Took mine. That was but that was the guy I was going to say. He got crashed really early in that yeah. in that big one. Like, it's just so surprising. When Denny Hamlet asked me that question um, in Charlotte, I was like, he's probably going to make the top five. Well, now I know if he asked me that question again, I, now I know what the answer is, 2022. Yeah. Yeah, it was, that was a big surprise. That was actually the guy that I was thinking about when I was asking you the question was Denny Hamlin making it, you know, not even making it halfway. He was didn't that, even that was early on, right? It was before the half. Yeah. He, he didn't was, even yeah, he, I think he was in that, he was part of that wreck that, yeah. at lap yeah. 60. So it was three. William Byron. He was in it. Yeah. He got taken out early. Oh my goodness. If I'm Hendrick, you know, between him and Bowman and Larson, and Larson later in the race. Chase had the best Elliott. finish for Hendrick. And where did he finish? But still, none, of, none of them really ran. He had trouble. Well for more I thought it would be scooters. Larson getting a top five finish. And then I thought Chase would get like. Larson finished 31st. I, I, I will say that for like did? for the. I think so. He f- finished in the 30s. I will say that for the Hendricks cards doing so well at qualifying and the duels, they didn't race 
um, as, as well, well as, as I thought, thought they were going to based on that performance. It always happens. Like, in recent years, whenever the Hendrick cars win the pole, they always get crashed out. So it, I think it's kind of interesting. Uh, I don't know if you guys saw this on social media leading up to the race, but I think it was Saturday or maybe it was Friday. Kyle Busch was uh, taking a photo wearing a shirt that said the most expensive day of the year. And I, I think it was because of the fact that he's an owner and the, the cars wreck all the time. And I'm, <laughs> I think he need to give that shirt to Mr. Hendrick because he did not have a great day. Like you thought, he, I mean, th- his cars were capable of going one, two, three, four. And that did not happen. They did not. You know, speaking of Kyle Busch, to be honest, I really don't have any drivers that I that I was surprised didn't make it to the end. But Kyle Busch was the driver that surprised me did make it to the end because he was involved in that early wreck with Byron and Burton. And he did get damaged, but he was able to come back and still be up there. He even missed getting wrecked with later um, incidents. And he was up there battling for the lead, and he got a top ten finish. I thought he was done in that crash. I saw on on the as I said, we watching on the bumper of Jenny Hamlin. I was like, oh, there goes Kyle. He's done. All right, bye bye, Kyle. Hope you having a nice week until you go to Fontana. So, stage one ended with that big crash, um, and the winner, who was just coincidentally lucky enough to be in the right position at the right time was Martin Truex Jr. And he also won stage two. That was a close one. Stage two. It was. It was, really was. It was him and Joey Logano. And of course, we were rooting for Joey Logano. It and... was because of Chase Briscoe. Yeah, Briscoe. So actually, first of all, Joey Logano, despite having to go to a backup car, performed very well. And he seemed like he could have had a shot. And in that stage... On the last lap, for some reason, Chase Briscoe, who was under a lap, if no, not going to be, he, oh, was he, was about go- to. he was about to get lapped, decides that instead of moving out of the way and letting the cars that are significantly faster than him go by, he sat in front of them and literally held up the leader. So much so that Brad Kozolowski, who was leading at the time, lost the lead. So Joey, when he took the lead, Briscoe was just sitting in front of him and Joey had so much power, he was literally pushing Briscoe ahead, which, of course, unfortunately slowed him down, and that's why Truex was able to pass him, but still, he was doing really well for a majority of the stage, too. Well, that, um, he didn't want to get passed by Truex, so he ended up going a lap, but he got the, uh, but he got the free pass, so... He didn't even get the free pass that stage. No, he did, because, um... He didn't. He didn't get it. He Landon Castle did. Oh, yeah, you're right. Well, um, on to stage three. This is where the race got real interesting. Obviously, last 70 laps, the sun was setting, track temp changing. This is where it's going to get intense. This is where it got real. And, and Dad, you predicted that there were going to be at least two to three cautions in that stage happens. three. I felt Larry Mc, uh, McReynolds talking you know how he always has the stats larry's trends yeah. at larry's trends i was waiting for him to kick in and then i realized oh wait we're here yeah we're at the race we're not watching tv but yeah i i i just felt like those last 10 laps you it doesn't matter how clean it is that's when the cars get really aggressive and those things kind of happen and so yeah i i figured and and lo, lo and behold look what happened but i will say though despite the fact that there were uh 
like with three races towards the end in that last um, stage, there really wasn't a big one that took out a ton of cars. So to me, that was a good thing. Like I, I enjoyed being able to see more cars finish the race than be out of the race. Yeah, it's stunk to see some of these cars, you know, wreck. Like Joey got in one of those late wrecks and got stuck in the, um, he went right through the grass and got stuck. And at one point we were nervous that he couldn't, he wasn't gonna be able to turn the car or get it driving. They had to like push him, you know, the, have the tow truck push him out of the grass. Then he kind of got stuck on the banking and then he went oh, back yeah. on the Joey, track. Joey wrecked. Well, kind of. I mean, he didn't get too much damage. No, he didn't get damaged. He was just, he had lost a tire. And one of the things that they were saying is that these new tires don't have an inside liner. So when they, their tire goes down or they lose a tire, it's hard for them to get going. And That's so he couldn't get his car roll like moving and rolling. And so the tow truck had to finally like he actually they said on the radio that he asked for the tow truck. He told the spotter, tell the tow truck to push me through the through the grass into the uh, into pit row. And he was able to finally get in there. And he even had to park or uh, put his car in backwards backwards yeah. in his pit. So his crew, his uh, his pit crew had to do all their stuff um, backwards. And I remember when um, Joey actually got his car repaired, he turned it right. He turned it on, turned it right around and everyone was cheering. And it I don't know, it just felt really good. I mean, unfortunately, he didn't end up winning, but at least he finished in one piece. And I was really happy. And that made that made me feel pretty good. Um, the fact Joey was able to keep going, especially like when his car couldn't move, he was able to he just kept going and didn't get out. Yeah. yeah. And. You know what? Again, with the amount of wrecks that could happen, you never know if he can just stay on that on the as not get down as many laps. You could potentially make him up depending on how many. Which cautions. he did eventually, but yeah, yeah. But another one of our another one of our guys late. that I was so happy that he completed. He finished the race and was not out early like he was last year. Was Daniel Suarez? He unfortunately lost some positions and laps on the track because he got penalized for exiting the pit um, too quickly. Uh, but at least he finished the race. So where did he end up finishing? Like 18th. 18th. And was he on the lead lap? Yep. You said? He finished on the lead lap. Yeah. Yeah. I he was did. surprised because he got, he got, he, got he went down laps. two laps. Two laps under. It could happen then... because in the Xfinity race, I was watching it yesterday. Anthony Alfredo, who had a problem early, his window came out flying. Uh -huh. So he had to pit. He was three laps down and he finished 10th. Wow. So it could happen. Yeah. And I think um, Daniel Suarez was actually the highest finishing driver of our race picks this week. Yeah, that's wild. That's wild. So I just realized as we're doing the podcast in a parking lot across from the World Center of Racing, uh, this isn't our normal setup, and I realized that two out of our three cameras may have frozen I'm not 100% sure if that's what's going to be seen. So there's a possibility that as you're watching our podcast on YouTube, you'll notice two out of the three screens have, have frozen, but they're active stills today. Uh, so I was just figuring that out. So anyway, we're back again live and we're going to finish up this segment of the podcast talking about the last few laps of the 2022 Daytona 500 and the history that we witnessed. So... This Daytona 500 had some really interesting last laps. As most big races do, especially at restrictor plates like Daytona, 
There was a lot of carnage and a lot of intense racing. For a majority of the last few laps, it ran green up until a couple of wrecks. And there was one, I think, right before we were going to finish the race, which unfortunately involved Bubba Wallace, who was doing really well. I'm like he was leading a few laps. And by the way, oh, there were actually there was actually a section of laps where it was Bubba in one lane and Cindric in the other and they just kept trading places like, and like I said like forth. I said like the tandem you had Cindric and Blaney together and then Kyle Bush pushing Bubba Wallace that was awesome that was so cool like it, you could see the team coordination between Penske but then the manufacturer coordination between Bubba and Kyle and Kyle didn't have to help Bubba he could have left him out to dry no, I, but he helped him and it was really cool well honestly it 2311 and Joe Gibbs are actually sort of like um, aligned because they actually do the same meetings together. Bubba and Kurt go to uh, Joe Gibbs meetings. Well, they acted like two teammates, and they I really was very did. impressed. What did you think, Sebastian? Seeing two of your favorite drivers hooking up, and I—I I mean, I literally thought at one point, "Yo, Bubba or Kyle, one of them I is going to get yeah, the first I was thinking, 500. I know. I was like. I was so happy to see them, but then I was also like so scared because I was like, <laughs> I was like oh, oh, you know, are they going to wreck out? each other? <laughs> yeah, oh, that you know what? That did cross my mind. But the way Kyle was driving, it did not. He's playing he really was, safe. He was driving really strong, but keep pushing Bubba. Like it, it seemed like he was committed to being a t- good teammate in that situation. And they were impressive. I was totally impressed. And I was like, all right, we're about to see this man get his first 500. Either I was Kyle really open. or Bubba Wallace. So, yeah, going back to the unfortunate wreck, Bubba had gotten hit by, who was it that spun out? Um, Ricky Stenhouse. Ricky Stenhouse, or who was also Ricky up there. Ricky Stenhouse. <laughs> yep. I was actually waiting. I'm surprised he didn't cause too many wrecks except for that one. But he did end up hitting Bubba Wallace on the side, which took out his side panel. And the team was debating whether or not he should come in and get it repaired or stay out. And he gambled, stayed up there. And it nearly paid off. It almost did. Yeah, and that everyone was, was quite, worrying. That was quite a la- final lap. It was. It indeed. was Cendric and Bubba, one and two. Well, and this is actually how it went. White flag happens. Cendric's leading Kozlowski at the top, Blaney at the bottom. So down the back stretch, and then so oh, yeah, Kozlowski was up there. Yeah, and then into like the final and the trioval, um, Cendric. And pulls a block on Blaney and Brad, who has leaves room for Bubba. And then Bubba, it was so close to win the Daytona 500. Bubba and Austin- went up and literally I saw him try and bump. He got Austin Cindric a little bit loose. And it gave Bubba just the shortest window to get right next to him. But it was just too late. And unfortunately, Bubba lost. But Austin Cindric did win. And... It was honestly a really cool 500. It was, it was really cool yeah. and an awesome finish. Yeah. What did I say, Karen, when that happened? I said, if this was in Talladega. Oh, yeah, Bubba would have oh, won. Bubba would have won. Because, because of the location because of, of the, the location, start finish line. the start finish line and the momentum that he had. Because he actually did pass them, but after they had passed. I mean, even though, line. like, I thought he won because of how much momentum he gained. And it was nearly a photo finish. Yeah. And I, it was just the unbelievable part. And I don't know if you guys mentioned this was that in the wreck before, he lost a huge part of his fender. Mm-hmm. And now it looked like an open wheel. But 
it, it good for him, the part of the fender that got taken off wasn't the front. So it didn't, it was a, it didn't really affect his aerodynamics, aerodynamics especially in that That's way. what everyone was Since worrying about and why they were contemplating so whether or not to go in. But I mean, I'm glad he stayed out there. I'm sure Michael Jordan was up in the suites and he was like getting ready to go smoke a cigar and <laughs> take the Daytona 500 as an owner. That oh, would that would have been, been unbelievable. Oh, that would have been so cool. Yeah. I mean, his birthday was, I think, Friday or Thursday, yeah. Michael Jordan's birthday. The NBA All-Star Game is actually happening right now. Uh, and and then, you know, Jordan possibly went, his car came in second. So after all of that, even though he didn't win, he still had an impressive week of speed weeks. And Bubba Wallace brought it home second. So yeah. he's going to have a, I, I think he's going to have a really big season, especially with Kurt Busch being his teammate. And I really do believe in Kurt Busch. You know, he wasn't, he maybe had a little bit of a reputation as a troublemaker earlier on in his career, but having met him this year and having seen him mature over the years, like Kurt Busch is going to, is like going to be a really strong teammate for Bubba Wallace. And he really is. If Bubba gets back into victory lane, which I believe he will, I think Kurt Busch is going to play an important role, whether it's just being a great teammate or literally helping him there. He just wasn't up there this week. It would have been unbelievable to see the two Bushes. And Wallace up there, I think they would have all hooked up and yeah, and, and yeah. then settled it between the three of them, you know? But yeah. uh, anyway. But congratulations, Austin Sindrick. He, he got his Daytona 500 in his rookie year. Yeah. That's and unbelievable. He, I forgot about that. He's a rookie, guys. He's a rookie, and he won the Daytona 500. Unbelievable. So, yeah, congrats, Austin. I'm glad you won, and I hope you have many more seasons to come that could potentially win you another 500. I think yeah. this was the first time the two-car won the Daytona 500. Because did Rusty Wallace ever win the Daytona 500? Ooh, that's a great question. Because Brad didn't, and then I don't know if Rusty did. So that means I think... Rusty would have been the one, right, if, 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 if anyone... That's a great question. Although, I think there was a two. I don't know why and I don't know who it was, but I'm thinking back because they had a lot of like historical footage for the 500. And I thought I saw two. We'll have to look well, that we'll up. We'll have to look that up. And we'll see. have to look that up and, and see uh, what that was. But yeah, so just last last comments on the 500. That was a really good race. Incredible good. race. Congratulations to Austin Sindrick and Team Penske and happy birthday, Mr. Penske. Yeah. Happy birthday. Indeed. Uh, what do you, one one other thing I want to ask each of you real quick, if you're talking to someone or possibly our listeners that have never been to a NASCAR race and now again, you've been to races, but to be at the Daytona 500, to be at these races and to be with these fans, like what would you tell them of why they need to come here? It'll completely change the way they view the sport. I would say come to the Daytona 500 because it is such a big event. It doesn't feel like any other race except maybe the championship or the all-star race or the clash. And it is something you need to experience to get into. I would just give you advice. There's going to be some weird stuff going on. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We, we won't get into all that, but yeah, there it's when you get 130,000 people together in, in the hot uh, sun there, there's, there's, there's bound to be, there can some. be some craziness and that can happen in football games too. And, and other sports. Um, but yes, Sebastian, I agree with you. To me, the Daytona 500 is at the level of a Super Bowl. It's at the level of the NBA Finals. I mean, it's a big deal. It's a 
it's a huge event. I mean, we talked a lot about this and when we got interviewed this week, and I want to talk about the next segment is that, uh, Karen, you remember saying that, you know, you knew about the 500, even though you didn't know about a full NASCAR season, right? Yeah, right. I mean, I always watched the Daytona 500, but I didn't really follow a season. I didn't, the season, I didn't realize there was a season, but coming and seeing it in person was a whole different experience than watching it on TV. Yeah. So that's the one thing I will say, if you ever have a chance to see a race in person, it's a completely different experience. And I think that you'll just love the sport. Yeah. Yeah. I think your buddy, uh, I, I, that's, that's what I'm thinking that Johan, your buddy who watched the race with us, uh, the fact that he saw it in person, I think he's going to think about NASCAR differently. He did, and he, he did say it's better to watch it in person. It, yeah, it completely changes it for you. And I, that's, I think, the biggest thing for our family. Now, we enjoy watching it at home and, you know, because we can't go to all, all to all the races. But I, I definitely think it's exciting to be here for it all. So, all right. Any last comments on the 500 this year and the new season that? You know, we have an exciting season ahead of us. Yeah. We'll have to see what NASCAR brings us in the weeks to come. Yeah, it's going to be an amazing season. All right. All right. Let's talk about these race picks that we made this morning on our way up here. Yes. Yep. Um, if I'm correct, none of us got points today. <laughs> I don't of, think so. None of our drivers finished. I don't finished, have the top no, 25 none of finish our, list in front of None of, of our drivers finished in the top 10. I can definitely tell you that. I, I still picked technically Larson. won this week. I picked <laughs> Larson, and I don't even know where he finished because he, 31, I think he was. 30 something. Yeah, yeah, he 30. just finished really, really bad. So I got Suarez, and he was 18th. So unless you guys have a higher driver, I think I technically I think won I this I picked week. Logano. So he got, got 21st. I picked, I picked Justin Haley. I think uh, we don't even know where he finished. <laughs> he finished in the thirties because this is what killed him. Uncle Justin Wheels. Haley fell back like at the beginning. Of yeah, the race. No, this <laughs> is what killed him because um, early on he lost a tire. Oh yes, that- he was the one whose tire fell yeah. off at going into turn one. Which, by the way, I wonder how quickly NASCAR is talking a good year <laughs> about putting those about putting the those inner liners, inner liners back, back in the tire. You know, so anyway, we'll see if that changes before the next restrictor plate. Uh, I had Kevin Harvick, where did he and I don't remember where he fit. I know he was up there. All he I know is he got wrecked. He was, was up there at the end, but then was, he got involved in that wreck and then disappeared. I was thinking he was going to pull off a Mr. Where Did You Come From again and and do it, and then, yeah he, yeah, he fell back. So, yeah, I think you did have it. In fact, actually, as we're walking out of the, the, the track today, tonight, I mistakenly remembered, I thought you would pick Bubba Wallace, Sebastian. I thought you picked Bubba. I don't know so why. So I'm like, I oh my gosh, Sebastian got a top two right off the bat. But no, you had picked Daniel Suarez. And uh, again, still, still, I got the best. He did the best of all so four of us. I'll be picking for Fontana. Yeah. All right. So that does it for this week with the Daytona 500. Sebastian, where is NASCAR going next week? NASCAR is going to be going to Fontana, where they will be hosting the last race on the current version of the track before it becomes the Bristol of the West. That's right. I forgot about that. That's going to be that's going to be a big deal. It's a little sad because that was one race that I always wanted to go see. And we had plans last year, but unfortunately, because of COVID, we had to change those plans and we were not able to go. And then this year it just didn't work out. And so unfortunately we will not. So hopefully when they reconfigure that track, right? Cause that's the last one. And then as soon as that race is over, they're going to start making changes. 
we'll be able to go to Fontana and check that out. So, and you never know with the Coliseum and what they did there. Maybe there'll be another race of a, a points-paying race in LA. So, a very unconventional episode, but I think this was a lot of fun. We had a little uh, trouble getting started, but we ended up uh, with a nice, quiet parking lot. Now, as Dad always says. It is what it is. <laughs> it is, <laughs> it what, is it what it is. is. Yes. So uh, with that, Giovanni, why don't you take us out? That's going to wrap up this week's episode of Let's Grossing Family Podcast. Thank you so much for listening on in. If you enjoyed, consider subscribing, following all of our socials, and, you know, liking our video. Let's Grossing Family, out. <laughs>